When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It's November, Monday, November, mo morning, mo, mo, Monday, November 14th. Um, I was just telling the guys on YouTube live and girls, I hope there's girls out there, but uh, I was telling them, uh, if you don't like give yourself feedback in life, you're not doing it right. Over the weekend, I listened to a couple of podcasts. My voice grates on me. I just can't stand listening to it. I can't, but I do it to try and get better. Um, if you listen to the first podcast that I did, I'm probably a lot better than I was. At least I hope I am. I believe that I am. Uh, but who knows if I actually am. But there's a lot of <clears throat> that I do. And I do a lot of listen. Now, you know, a lot of that stuff. A lot of uh, mental triggers. But. I'm trying. I'm working on it. I'll get better. I promise. I try and be entertaining as possible, but sometimes my mind, you guys with ADHD know, your mind just runs a little fast. Uh, speaking of ADHD, ADHD, let's go over Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX drama. Here is the 30-second version. Sam Bankman-Fried, billionaire, uh, last week, probably poorer than most of us today. Still living his best life in a $30 million penthouse that is now uh, up for sale. Essentially what happened, Alameda is his investment arm. And there was a backdoor in the investment in the FTX where if you put your money or your crypto into FTX, uh, he could actually access that and send it out to through Alameda. Now, he says it was an honest mistake that he they co-mingled. And he didn't know they were commingling. Well, bullshit. Whatever. Um, the guys on, you know, there was they were tracking his plane down to Argentina. He's under surveillance in the Bahamas, supposedly looking to get to a place like Dubai, which doesn't extradite to the U.S. Blah blah blah. But there are billions of dollars missing. Billions of dollars missing. Uh, if you're an FTX subscriber, you can't get into uh, FTX. There's a lot going on there. There's Probably some uh, criminal stuff. Uh, essentially, it was funny because um, Elon had tweeted out, well, he's the biggest Democratic donor uh, next to George Soros, so he won't get, uh, get prosecuted. So it's kind of being um, interesting. Interested, definitely an interesting situation. Uh, here's what you have to know. Uh, there probably are other uh, crypto, I don't even want to call them brokerages because they're basically just housing, um, housing. The, oh, the other drama that happened was, so you went to bed on Friday, um, knowing that FTX was probably, you know, in the process of, they, they were actually process of, of declaring bankruptcy that Sam Bankman Fried had probably was not going to say anything for legal purposes that, um, his, uh, <laughs> compliance officer 
was uh, this woman who, outside of her looks, I know she's taking a beating for her looks, and you know she does look like a little chipmunk, uh, but her voice and her knowledge just come into question. Um, and then it, you find out that they might be dating, um, and she's the compliance officer. Then you find out that Kevin O'Leary from uh, Shark Tank fame, uh, Mr. Quote-Unquote Wonderful, who no longer gets that name, says, you know what? There's no other safe place other than FTX because Sam, if there's anybody, his two uh, parents are compliance officers, so there's no safer place for your money. Than that, well, you know, he's going to come out and go, I didn't tell everybody to put all their money in there, douche, whatever. Don't get me started. Uh, but the FTX drama is likely going to bring other things down. What do you do with that? Well, in my mind, I think we start looking at BITI. And the problem is that BITI, you're in this buy at 39, you're up at 43. Look at how it spiked. So I don't want to short this one just yet uh, because this is a short of the Bitcoin trust or Bitcoin whatever futures. It does trade on futures. It's not uh, old, so you don't have a 200-day. You, you have all of these gaps down below, and you don't have a 200-day to kind of tell you. All you have is a 50-day here, and that 50-day even started in July. So it's, it's a brand-new ETF. Um, so it's, it's hard to, for, for me to tell you, yeah, this is going to go higher. This is going to go lower. We have to use other indicators. Sorry. Uh, had to snort. But uh, yeah, so BITI. There's no real direction here. You do have confirmation above the nine day. If you're going to trade this one, I would say day trade it. Do not long trade this one. Um, there are too many gaps down below. That doesn't mean this isn't going somewhere to 60 if Bitcoin goes to 11,000, which is what some people think that it will. Uh, the FTX drama continues to unfold. It probably will. Um, you know, still, there's still news that we just don't know. So BITI is one to keep an eye on. BITO, on the other hand, the long version of Bitcoin, that is up in pre-market because Bitcoin's up in pre-market. It's not huge, but it is up in, B in pre-market. So you, you do have a 200-day in BITO. Uh, it is well down there. So, you know, again, pointing towards BITI, uh, if we were to use the RSI and the MACD, we could probably assume that BITI has had a good run and that BITO will probably go for a run at some point in time once it gains its confirmation. So right now you have BITI that's overbought, you have BITO that's completely oversold, but it has no confirmation of ever come, of coming back right now. So just keep an eye on it. I'd probably trade uh, some of the GBTC uh, and, and ETH, the Greystone ones, but again, I would probably look at these as hey, there's better places to put your money. <clears throat> you know, if you want to go into crypto, you can buy the coins. Just remember, uh, if you don't hold your keys and you don't hold those keys, you don't own it. Somebody else owns it and they're just kind of loaning it to you. <clears throat> and I would suggest um, cold storage, 100% cold storage. And if you don't know what any of that stuff is that I talked about, 
you're not qualified to invest in um in coins. So stay away. Let's talk about the absolute collapse on Friday of healthcare. Um in fact, let's look at the um what is it? I think it's XL XLH. No, XLV. Yeah, there it is. XLV. Friday the healthcare uh XLV was down. Um fairly significantly. I mean, it went from about uh I'd say close to 136, 137 down to 133, which isn't a big move, but when you talk about year to date and stuff, um this has been a fairly good quote unquote safe play for the year. Um you started out at about 139 and you're only down at 133. It's been hugging that 200 day, using that 200 day as support or resistance, depending on which side it, it's been on. Um, you haven't had a lot of time to trade this one per se, but the algorithm makes you 31% over a thousand candles versus the actual um, asset only makes you 18% if you just bought and held. You had 20, 20 positions over a thousand. So it's not a huge volatile um, stock. You're fit, you hear 55% wins. So more than half the time, you actually win. Your average win, though, it's only 4%, 3.58. Your average loss is only 1.1. 1. 1. Uh, right now, you're in this one at 125, and you can see this run from 125 up to 133. You don't have confirmation above the 9-day, but you do have above 21-day. The Bollinger Bands are syncing up. They're, they're cinching, and the question is, where's this one going to go? Well... It's healthcare, it's safety. If we go into a recession, people will flock to safety. So that's where this one probably is going. Specifically, what happened on the Dow uh, was UNH absolutely collapsed. And I'm not going to talk about the fundamentals. We can go to Finviz and we can look at the, uh, the, the articles as to why. This is a super expensive healthcare stock. The PE is 25. Year-to-date, it's up 3.97%, so it's not up huge. Um, the actual price targets are between 561 and 575 Those are the two that were made this year. You can look at uh, some of the stocks, the three Dow stocks you can buy without any hesitation from Motley Fool. Um, you can look at all that stuff on Finviz. I want to talk about the chart because this chart got you out with a slight 0.11% gain. But you were way up here at 550 and you were overbought. It's now sinking down. The next catalyst is the ex-dividend date on December 2nd. I continue to say anything close to $500 per share is a buy in this one. You can clearly see that this was this gap right here was filled on the way up. But it was it was in this gully. And and so you've got this almost um you know, just, just this downward pattern. It's not even a head and shoulders, although you could be forming a head and shoulders. This could be the shoulder, left shoulder. This could be the head. And then all of a sudden you're coming over here to another shoulder. Um, that could happen. You've got a clear, clear volume shelf here at 520, about 522, 525. Um, let's move it back a little bit. Um, 518 to 524. It's trading right now in pre-market. Let's go over to Active Trader Pro. Let me look at it real quick uh, just to tell you exactly where it's trading uh, because it should see 
a pretty good up day. Um, not quite great, but at 524, it closed at 522. So you're up two bucks. Uh, the bid though is at 522. So it's just probably, it doesn't have any pre-market. The 10 day volume is 3.3 million. The 90 day volume is 2.6 million. So you do have some pretty good volume uh, indication on this one. UNH, I, I continue to say this one, as well as Costco are two that I don't personally own that I want to add to my, um, uh, my portfolio, but I just haven't. Uh, and Costco, I'd say anything below $500, absolutely you should buy this. You can clearly see that this one's going. There's a gap up here between 531 and 537. At some point, you're trading it right now at 515. You had a buy uh, last week at 505. So I'd say you continue this bull run right here, uh, although you are fairly high on the RSI at 65. Uh, the catalyst is December 8th. Their earnings are coming up. Costco's a great, well-run company. Uh, they make all of their money on membership fees. You'll be able to hear some about their Fr Black Friday stuff. I think that'll be a, 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 good, a, a good stock to buy into the holidays uh, because I do think that Costco is probably one that in the holidays uh, will get pushed up. Look at last year. Right before the holidays, um, their, their December 9th earnings, they went up. And then they crashed in January, just like everybody else. Uh, so it wasn't anything with the market. In their October run uh, last year, they went from about 450 all the way up to 546. It was a 20% gain on the algorithm. So I would assume that you would probably hit more towards this 560, 580 in a continued good market. Uh, caveat is continued good market. And remember, the strategy that I entail is... If you buy a stock at 515, say you buy it when it opens at 515, you don't mind holding this. You know, you can get out with a 5% loss if that's what your stop loss is, if it goes down to about 500. Um, but if you just want to hold it, you can. It's a great company with great earnings. So uh, I like that one. Another one that came up Enphase, ENPH. This is interesting because Enphase Energy. <clears throat> will replace Okta, O-K-T-A, in the NASDAQ 100 uh, for the QQQ before the markets open on Monday, before the markets open today. So this one should get a fairly good buy, and that probably is the reason it went from 249 up to 300. You had a buy on Friday, 308.25. Um, let me check in, in uh, Active Trader Pro what it's trading at today. It's trading at 300 pre-market. So uh, you're at close to all-time or 52-week highs. Your 52-week high is 324 on September 8th. If we go over here to Finviz, ENPH, uh, it is fairly, well, I shouldn't even say fairly. It is super expensive. This is a solar company. Uh, they are up 60% year to date. I believe they make um, the, uh, the actual panels. Um, that are sold in the U.S. So, uh, and, and the, oh, the microinverter. So everybody who has solar needs Enphase. Um, I think there's one smaller competitor. It's a super volatile stock. Um, you do have your 52-week high. You're 10% below your 52-week high. Your 52-week low is uh, 157 below, 113. 
Um, if you bought this at 113 and you decide, hey, I'm going to sell out of this one, you're crazy. Uh, it is super, super expensive with the PE being 142. That's the, that's the real problem with this stock. It's not that its growth isn't going to be there. The growth is going to continue to be there. In fact, on Friday, uh, I got a message from one uh, listener. Hey, Boyle got killed because Biden said he'd be willing to work with the Republicans on everything other than climate change. Well, Enphase is part of climate change. Uh, again, putting solar panels on your roof. Um, anybody doing a solar farm, they need Enphase. So I, I think 300 is that pivot point. In the pre-market, since you're at 300, I'd say get at least a two, uh, 290 handle on this one. You did have the buy-in at 308. I think you're ready for this one to quote-unquote take off. You're at Here's what the, the, the algorithm does. The algorithm doesn't do you any good. Buying and holding does you good. But up here at 52-week highs, I'd probably say trade it. The algorithm makes you 28% uh, versus 145% with buying and holding. Uh, during the... 1,000 candles, you had 30 positions. 30% were winners. The average win is 21%. You can see back here in July when they announced earnings, you had a 32% gain, which you could have taken even more. And then boom, you had another gain even after that when it got you out and then back in. Uh, you dip down here to the 200-day. You're going to use that 200-day as the support level. So I would say if you're, if you're buying here at 290, and it starts to go down, I would say anything between 290 and 260 is probably the sell range, uh, 268. So I do think that you have an opportunity there to get in. And again, it's replacing Okta. Um, by the way, Okta, if we just take a, as good as Enphase looks, Okta looks that bad. Uh, it, it, it Back in August with the June run, kind of went up against the 200-day. But this is a software company. Uh, I've traded it in the past. You can make some pretty good gains on this one um, if you watched it. But that was before January. Uh, now it's just been a ski slope. This is a uh, Kathy Woods style stock. So uh, natural gas is up pre-market. We looked at Boyle in Active Trader Pro. I think it was trading close to 40. I think 40 is your pivot point. Anything under 40, you can buy anything over 40. I think you look to sell it. Uh, Boyle did not have a cross up. Let's look at the MACD real quick on this one. Uh, it's got a cross down. So KOLD probably. Let's look at the KOLD, which one it really points you towards. But again, this is, you're heading into winter. It's freezing cold out. Um, it's 62 degrees in my house right now. And me being cheap, I refuse to turn on the heat because sun will warm me up. Uh, KOLD had a cross up here at 1812 on Friday. So you're trading at 1775. I don't know that I'd necessarily think that KOLD is going to go on another run. You can clearly see that that 200 day, it's trading right at the 200 day. Uh, if for some reason natural gas is going to go down, which I can't imagine it goes down, but historically it is trading really high right now. So uh, I would day trade these one, these, I wouldn't, Again, these are traded on the futures, so you're not actually buying anything of value. Just be aware of that. You're not buying anything of value. Uh, I posted, there was a trader who posted eight, four or five little supports. Um, Tesla, she said, looks like it's heading back to 200 to 220 for the consolidation, watching under 190 for lower. Um, she's probably right. We talk about the button hook up top. 
You can look at the button hook here. I still say at some point this goes back to 138. I think Elon is is going to have to continue to sell some stock. Um, if we look at the insiders here, we see he sold uh, $2 billion worth on November 4th, uh, $1.1 billion worth on November 7th, and then $843 million on November 8th. Maybe he's done, uh, but clearly that's what's pushing this stock down. Uh, also, there's some China uh, issues with China demand uh, with Tesla. You've got this gap up here between 257 and 265. That is the most recent gap that hasn't been filled. Um, so, and that's right at the 200 day. I, I think if we start to see a pretty good move up, I think this one's volatile enough that you could see it cover that. But it's a trade. I, I don't, since I think that there's a gap that's still held down there at 130 somewhere. Um, and I think it's on the weekly chart. It might be on the daily. But uh, I, I still think that you just have no confirmation in this one. Mind you, the algorithm does not have you in. It's got a button hook down on the bottom. Uh, if, you're, if you're risky, you can kind of look at it. But see this on the daily back here from November 2020? You've still got this 136 to 142. And, and in my mind, with that little button hook down there, it's not enough of a confirmation for me to say, yeah, let's go in and buy it. So if it breaks 190, don't buy it. If you can see it going above 200 today uh, on a daily basis, she's saying 200 to 220 is the consolidation. So if you move up to 220, I mean, you got your 10%, you can get your 10% out. There is no dividend in that one, so you can take it. Spy, um, she's saying it's moving more towards the 400 for, for continuation. Uh, it traded at 398 uh, pre-market. It's still kind of, I mean, it's just flat. It's not moving up anywhere. I don't trade Spy, but I use Spy to kind of determine the, the direction of the market. And look at the direction of the market. I mean, you're just on the, the north end of that Bollinger Band. Your RSI is at 68. We're oversold. Um, do you move down? If, if you do move down, there's a, a good volume shelf here at 385. I think that's, that's where you're moving down to. 398 to 385, not a huge move, but enough of a move that it would probably take some people out and maybe make some people put more money in because it's healthy for the market to pull back. Uh, Apple. Uh, over one, she's saying if it, it, it stays over 150, um, look for continuation. Now it's at 148. We had a buy-in on Friday at 145. I say anything with a uh, 140 handle, you're doing really well. Anything with a 130 handle, oh my God, you're a legend. Uh, anything with a 120 handle, I mean, just put on the crown. Become King Charles at that point. Because anything at the 120 level, you're making a ton of money on that one in the long run, I think. Uh, again, you know, everybody says, every smart person says, do not have a lot of your portfolio, more than 5% of your portfolio in one stock. I think this is 50% of my portfolio, 35 to 50. Uh, that's what I think it changes. I don't even look at it. You guys know I don't sell Apple. I just buy it. Uh, we did get dividends last week. I reinvest my dividends. So I bought more, bought more, uh, this, bought more at about probably 140. 
November 4th. Um, yeah, in fact, you know, I can look it up. Ah, don't need to look it up. Apple, I just don't buy, but she says uh, anything over 150. Um, and I do trust her. I, I try, I've, I've watched this. She knows what she's talking about. AMD, pre-market, you're soaring. Uh, you're up 3%, 75. Go and check out Finviz, see what it is. Uh, you guys know AMD's uh, multiple. Its PE is at 43. It's up there, but you look at NVIDIA, uh, which came out last week and said they have a way of making uh, chips for China that don't threaten the national security. Their PE is at 40, 53. So your AMD um, PE is kind of getting more towards NVIDIA. As those two PEs shrink, I would say put your money in NVIDIA because I think NVIDIA has more of a chance of coming back with the quote-unquote hype play. Um, AMD has a little bigger, bit bigger of a dividend, but you know it is what it is. If you want to really invest in chips, I think Qualcomm's going to come back. 121, you're right in this gap. Uh, well, I say galley. Look at that. The trend line on Finviz, you're right down here on this bottom one down to about 100. Your top is 137. I think right here at 120, I think you could easily go back to this top. Uh, you can see it's providing some some pretty good resistance uh, on the daily, but I do think that you're you're trending back up here to 137, which again, you, you're going to make your 10% on. You're 37% below your 52-week high of 193. You're 19% above your 52-week low. All the while, you've got a 2.4% dividend. So it, it's good. I, you know, I like this one. I, I really do like this one. Uh, my weekly stock, his weekly pick, is Caterpillar, which I like. Uh, my only fear is look at the chart. The chart has gone crazy on Caterpillar. Um, Caterpillar has become just a, a, a Wall Street favorite. It's not a retail favorite, uh, although it probably should be. Uh, look, they, they announced record earnings, 395. You can go on Finviz and look at this one. The algorithm had us buy in here at 165. Look at that. I mean, I didn't bring this up. I'm not taking credit for this one because I have no idea where in the world this one came from. Um, Caterpillar, their Dow stock, it is crazy good. Uh, this is this little purple line. TrendSpider does this. This is their um, expectation of where it's going. I've never seen it down. And it, the reason is because look at how high it's running. Um, the, the RSI is continually above 70 here for the, like since probably their earnings on October 27th. So I, I wouldn't expect this one to continue running. You've got volume shelf here at 197. I think this one's coming back down to 200. His weekly pick is Caterpillar. Um, uh, they, he's not big on it. He's semi-solid on this one. Remember his, his, uh, his strategy is He's got to pick the Dow, I believe it's the Dow stocks, but he's got very large cap stocks. So he's got a limited uh, algorithm where it just looks at specific stocks. And he is basically is able to tell where it's going to go. If you go to his website, there is a significant uh, gain on his uh, options plays that he does each year, each week based on um, these these stock picks. So. One other one that I want to bring up, and I'll keep the, the keep it short because you know we do have target earnings tomorrow, and a, you know listen to Fridays. A lot of you guys didn't, I think, listen to Fridays, but Friday's show was a good one. 
Um, you can look at all the earnings this week, Target, Walmart, Zim, uh, uh, some of the shippers, Lowe's, Home Depot, TJ Maxx, NVIDIA, Cisco, Sonos, Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, oh, no, Bed Bath & Body Works, same freaking store. Baba, Macy's, Pan W. Uh, you got all of those. Um, but one other one that I wanted to bring up was an email. My, if you guys don't know, my father is a subscriber to Motley Fool. I am a believer in Motley Fool in that they pick some good stocks. Um, they're no different than Kathy Woods. If you looked at their, uh, their performance, they're probably similar to Kathy Woods in the ARC funds. Um, they got lucky with Netflix. They got lucky with Amazon. They had crazy bull runs. I want to say the, the two founders make somewhere near like $10, $15 million a year. Um, they make a lot, a lot of money. My father pays way too much money for this service, but they send out an email. Uh, latest recommendation, shortly after our regular scheduled monthly recommendation was revealed, internet performance and security platform Cloudfare reported its third quarter results. The stock dropped by nearly 25% over the next four market days, followed by a 40% upswing within the last two. While short-term volatility can be expected for many of the stock advisor recommendations, the team sees a long-term opportunity to pick up shares of a company with a growing footprint in content delivery services and zero trust cybersecurity. So here's what they're talking about. Um, their earnings came out and you saw a huge dip. We had a Friday cross up at 47.95. See where you're trading right now. Um, you are trading, and by the way, all cloud stocks just got a huge upturn last week. You're trading at about 52.50 in the pre-market. Uh, the cross-up was at 47.95. Because of the volatility, because of all of these gaps up, I would say if cloud stocks are continuing to run anything with a f under 50 is a good buy. Uh, you know, obviously you would have wanted to get here in the 30s and now you're close to 60 within a day, a couple of days. Um, there's clear support up here on the 200 day at 56. So I wouldn't buy anything in the 50s because I do think you're going to use this $56 200-day as a resistance level. Uh, I would say anything that you're going to buy, you would buy in the 40s. Closer to 45 would be better. I just don't know with this market if that's where we're going. Um, but Cloudfare is one that, that came up. Uh, it had a cross-up. It was interesting to me. I think, you know, again, you can, you can take your pick. Um, if we go over here net uh, to uh, Finviz, they're not making money. Their forward PE is 355. Again, this is a Kathy Wood style stock. And you can clearly see uh, on Finviz, on the daily, um, they have a double bottom right here about 40. But I would say in the short term, if you want to trade this one, I think that 56 level, as long as cloud stocks continue to go up and we continue to have a bull rally, I do think that 56 level is going to be your top uh, resistance level. I think these other gaps get filled at some point in time. I just don't know when. But you can see clearly on, on, on earnings, this has just been a catalyst. Earnings have been the big catalyst. And outside of earnings, you've just kind of been going down. You've just kind of been going wherever. It hasn't really you know, done anything too, too grandiose. Um, let's pull this. There's the most recent. 
clearly you can see that most people who are held, held up from the last earnings pop back in August where you were selling at 75, they're holding up here at 56. So on the way down, you're at 40. So I think anything between 40 and 50, buy it, hoping that it goes back up to 56. But just know it is super expensive and you got a double bottom here, which provides you support at 40. So I would say if you buy it 50, 45 should be your stop loss. That's 10% loss. Just get out because you'll, you'll probably go down to 40. Um, scans, Visa. I like Visa. Um, things are opening up. I've got Visa cards. You guys probably have Visa cards. 204.94. Problem is you have this, this uh, gap. It's below the 200-day. You do have this gap. The last run we had was October 14th, 183. It got you out uh, on Friday with a 10% gain. Uh, but if you think that we're still in a bull market and things are going to go up, and which I kind of tend to think that we do because Tom, Tom Lee was on uh, CNBC on Friday talking about it. There's some catalysts out there that scare me, specifically the crypto stuff. But if you've got, remember I talked about it last week. I think it was Thursday or Friday. If you've got crypto crashing um, and you've got all of that money being taken out of the market, that's doing the Fed Fed's work. The Fed wants to take all of that speculative money out of the market. They want to crash it. They don't want people putting their money in there because that creates this bubble. And so if you pop those bubbles, the Fed's less likely to continue to raise their rates, even though I think it was Waller came out over the weekend saying the market's just overreacting. We're going to still knock down inflation and we're not done yet. So Visa is one that, you know, again, 204.94, I think you're trading around that area in pre-market. Another one that popped up that I want to show you, uh, I don't necessarily recommend this one. Uh, is NCLH. And this is one that has gone for a run. And it is continuing its run because it just had its secondary cross-up. You had a cross-up here at 1242. You're at 1786 right now. And you had a secondary cross-up. Even though the RSI never really got below that 50 point, um, it did slightly here at 48 on, looks like Thursday. But it, it it's completely oversold. It's got its run. You've got this gap here that's going to probably be filled on the way down back at 13. You've got a gap down here at 16. Again, you're at 1786. When you take a long term on this one, let's look at the daily. Um, It's using that 200 day. It's just broken through there. The last time it broke through there was November of last year. It's been using that 200 day as its uh, resistance level, but it's broken through. Uh, I read this weekend there's some ship out there. I don't know whose ship it is. Um, it just docked in Australia, with uh, in Sydney, with 800 cases of COVID, and there were like the, um, the hazmat guys taking people on and off. So I'm not going on a cruise. Um, I did go on that Virgin cruise, and I'm not going on a cruise just because I don't like cruising, but cruisers love it, man. Cruisers just... They'll eat that crap up all day. One that Jesse uh, asked for was Hershey. I think there's other people that ask for stuff, but I'll look. Um, I just didn't write it down. Uh, Hershey. This is an interesting one, Jesse. Uh, the algorithm makes you 12% versus buying and holding makes you 39%. Uh, 28 positions, 
you win 46% of the time. So it's almost 50-50 that you win. Your average win is only 3.3%. Your earnings came out. Um, so <laughs> let's look. HSY. Uh, full disclosure. I don't buy candy bars. You know what I do? I buy chocolate chips, just a ton of chocolate chips. I cut the corner out of the bag and I throw the fucking chocolate chips down into my throat and I eat the full bag of chocolate chips. It's like $2 for a full bag of chocolate chips versus like a Snickers bar or something like that is like $2 just for the bar. F that. Uh, Again, I'm a guy, 62 degrees. I'm not turning on my heat. So live the way you want to live. Their PE is expensive. It's 33, so it could come down. You got a 1.89% dividend. You have, um, you're up 13% year to date. Interesting. You're only 9% off your 52-week high which is 241. So you're at 218. It's a slider. Uh, It hasn't gotten a MACD cross-up. Their next catalyst is the dividend date on November 17th, which is coming up, what, late? Yeah, later this week. Uh, You do have volume. Interesting that you're seeing an increase in volume there. But that MACD is nowhere close to even in the way up. But it is beaten down. Could be a trade. I'll put it on the list. I'll put it on my watch list. Um, We're going to add this. And if you want to see how to do this, you basically go to your, um, you go to star here and then not owned. Boom. Now I've got Hershey on my watch list on TrendSpider. Again, remember TrendSpider 65% off. Link in the description. Uh, Hit the thumbs up, like, and subscribe. I'm an influencer official. That's it for today. Uh, If you have any questions, hit me up on the socials. I'm keeping it short, keeping it tight, keeping it, you know, staying on YouTube, maybe do some trading, but uh, I am closing before Jim Cramer gets on my complete nerves. By the way, Jim Cramer, if you want to see a just how bad the guy is, uh, look at, I I posted on Twitter, there's a video of Jim Cramer first uh, calling Sam Bankman-Fried the JP Morgan of our time, uh, which we know he is now a criminal. Uh, he called Elizabeth Holmes. It was, I don't like to do this. I, I, I don't normally do it, but I think you're like Steve Jobs. That's what he said. That's what he said. Elizabeth Holmes, oh, yeah, I might be Steve Jobs. In that uh, Herman Munster voice of hers. Um, and there are others uh, during his Goldman Sachs years where he'd say, yeah, I'd take $5 million and if I'm short on this thing, then I might hype it, you know, just, put some bad news out there with 5 million, uh, I could move the stock. These days, you got a little more liquidity in the market, so it might take 10 million. It's really not that much money. So, douchebag. Douchebag. He is not your friend. Do not pay $600 a year. I'll give you any tip that he has. I will look at it. I, I'm, I'm on the inverse. And, and by the way, look at inverse. Inverse is killing it this year. Future's down. I think we're going to wind this week up. Um, but I think today you're gonna, just going to see it kind of wobble. Uh, what's that song I always use on Instagram? Uh, like my money, money, wiggle, wiggle. I forget it. But either way, uh, hit me up on the socials. Let me know if you have any questions. Thanks, you guys. Rate the podcast, too. Um, I, saw, I noticed some new, new ratings, not on Apple. I think there's only five on Apple. Uh, but Spotify has quite a bit, I think. Um, and we're 4.8. I think some people rated me as zero, but hey, I'm a hero for the zero. (laughs) 
whatever. Okay. Under 40 minutes. Take care. See you guys later. I'll be on YouTube. So subscribe over there. Watch me over there.